0: Hello and welcome. I'm your hostess, Tanai, and I'm an intuitive coach. I help people feel fully self-expressed in their lives and relationships by learning to accept and love every part of themselves. For the past 10 years, I've worked with all kinds of sex and relationship experts to heal my own commitment phobia to find out that there's actually no such thing. I'm ready to share everything that I've learned, so this podcast is my opportunity to debunk commitment phobia. So drop all your preconceived notions and tune in to hear what I've learned along my journey about what it takes for people to really create authentic and intimate connections. This is Commitment Vogue. Hello and welcome. My name is Tanai and I help women become confident with themselves and their sexuality and shed the pressure to be the good girl. For the past 10 years, I've worked with all kinds of sex and relationship experts to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, only to find out that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is my opportunity to debunk commitment phobia, so drop all of your preconceived notions and tune in to hear what I've learned along my journey about what it takes for people to create authentic and intimate connections. This is Commitment Phobe. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm very excited for the conversation today with Kevin Herman, who develops accountability systems for entrepreneurs. He's a one-on-one coach. He's now transitioning to working with youth so they can step up to be leaders of their generation. And his men's group in New York City was mentioned in New York Times and GQ. So he's really just up to so many big things to help people reach their potential and um, just from what I know about him, he's cares a lot about being fully self-expressed, which I know is something that men really need, you know, just giving themselves that permission and connecting with other men so that they can feel free and safe to do that. So I honor the work that you do, and I'm so excited uh, to talk to you today.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, a pleasure and an honor to be here. I'm excited to see where the conversation goes.
0: Cool. Also. Your hair is blue right now. Or yes, like it is. Metallic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something else that I should mention that is very cool about Kevin right now.
1: Yeah, actually, just started that started happening in December. Um, I was at a retreat and driving away. I just got this hit. This intuition was like, okay, it's time to dye the hair. Like this needs to happen. Uh, it took me a bit, but then I had. Uh, purple for a while and now I just got it done blue and uh, it's interesting I'm playing around with what feels true actually and the blue doesn't feel like the thing but it's now I know you know and there's only one way to know so it's been fun to play around with that Um, and it's the only way to do it
0: I love that yeah like okay this one wasn't like totally me but at least I tried
1: yeah exactly (laughs) and also so 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 fun like can't recommend that enough especially I think for guys, just getting any part of your hair done. Uh, it feels so good. <laughs> like I actually get why, you know, I, I always was like, why do women spend hours, in the, you know, in the salon or whatever, but it, it really feels good to walk away with a totally different expression. And there's a very different energy that you bring mm-hmm. with different colors in your hair. Like I had, my hair was more blonde. I was a lot more expressive and a little more open. And now that it's blue, I actually feel much more internal and feel much more like less, like more in my own space and a little cooler. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. So it's fun to play around that. So
0: you're able to express, you're able to explore different parts of yourself by doing something like changing your hair color. 100%.
1: Yeah,
0: I love that. Yeah, I actually, you, you just reminded me that I... At some point in my early twenties, I chopped my hair because I very much felt like my beauty was tied to my hair so much. Like I only felt beautiful because of my hair, so I, I chopped it up to my shoulders as like a self love experiment. You know, like I'm gonna love myself even with half of my hair off.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Which is actually ironic. I find, um, I've talked about this with a few people. I find women with shaved heads in particular to be incredibly beautiful there's something so vulnerable about that and there's so much courage I think it takes, especially just with all of the society conditioning around like long hair, you know, and, and it needs to look a certain way. But I think shaved hair and short hair is amazing. Uh, and I remember in college, they'd have a cancer fundraiser where girls would shave their head and then give the hair to a foundation. And so all of a sudden, one day in spring, there would be like 30 girls walking around campus with shaved heads. And it was so cool. It was, it was wow. such a different vibe. Yeah. Very it was badass. badass. So
0: wow. I don't know if I'd ever do that. That's so badass. Wow. Yeah. So let's get right to it. Yeah. I don't even know where to start because last time we spoke, there were so many interesting things. But I think the first thing that stood out to me was, you know, you were talking about how um, You were looking into the root of the word commitment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that really stood out to me because I haven't spoken about just the general commitment on this podcast. So I'd love for you to start us off there.
1: Yeah, happy to. So I found this as I was exploring going from dating into a relationship or a partnership. This is my current partner and in we set it up we're like great we're going to have the conversation <laughs> where is the ship headed <laughs> and in preparation, so many fascinating things uh popped up for me and I found so many new ways of uh perceiving relationship so this is in the realm of relationship that this came up but I actually think it works for any area of life and i found that the root of the word commitment is in latin, is from latin and it actually means to lean in and I think that struck me because the way I've always thought about commitment is standing fast or standing strong, like not moving or not leaving, right? Like I am going to do what I said I was going to do, right? I'm going to hold to that. It's like a holding to or a sticking to versus the root being a leaning in, which feels so much more active and actually true for when you think of commitment right? That I will, you know, choose to continually lean into something and not run away. But it's, but there's more of a dynamic uh experience of that versus like, I'm just not going to run away, which is still very fearful and like, mm-hmm. ah! <laughs> and so I love yeah, that. Very, black, it, and very black and white. And I love that because really, you know, all commitment is, is, is like, will I continue to lean in? And of course you're going to lean out at times, you'll contract, things will happen, you'll get triggered. But really, will I, will I lean in it again? Ultimately, I'm um, going to create such a more inviting, uh, I think, context for life. Like, what are you wanting to lean into versus what are you wanting to commit to? Is a very different approach.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, Isn't that really helpful. Yeah, I could even feel it in my body. So different. Just hearing hearing you explain it that way. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so you come to this realization in your partnership. What, what was your relationship to commitment beforehand? You know, like what leads up to you thinking, oh, wow, um, I've been thinking about commitment in a very different way than, than it can actually be?
1: Uh, great question. Well, this has been one of the most essential journeys of my life. And ultimately, I think just the human experience in general see everyone that I work with going through some version of this. But in my early twenties, I was terrified of committing to anything <laughs> or really just doing anything that, you know, had a longer than like a three month price tag. <laughs> and so there was this yeah. sense of, and I did a lot of amazing things um, of the broad and traveled and had many experiences. But I think as I grew and developed, it became really clear that I wasn't going, going to really have the experience of life that I wanted, the experience of myself that I wanted, without just having the capacity to follow through in something bigger than my current experience or what I wanted in the moment, um, which was very often just adventure and play and fun and <laughs> having a great time. Uh, and so it's ironic. Well, it's not ironic. I, I really believe in. The maxim, like teach what you need to learn the most so that I have been working on accountability systems and working with people and teaching them about commitment and how to follow through on things that are challenging for them is very much so. Just what I've been trying to learn my whole life. Uh, and that, that shows up in relationship. That shows up in fitness. That shows up in business. You know, I think I didn't live anywhere for more than a year until. I was 28 or something. I was just bouncing to the next place, the next place, the next place. I had one longer term relationship, but it was, you know, I also was just like, nope, I'm going to leave. <laughs> and then also with business, I would get, I got really good at copywriting. And then I was like, no, I want to do this now. And then I got, you know, really good at coaching. And then I was like, well, what about this other thing? I got, you know, I was really good at photography. And so it was just the bouncing from one thing to another versus continually leaning in. And everyone has heard the 10,000 hours, the Malcolm Gladwell, like mastering something. But I was very much so in shiny object syndrome all the time. And it ended up being really painful. Mm. It, it, painful and beautiful. Like I have been part of so many different communities uh and experienced a lot of different things in life. But then there, there's also this experience of scattered sense of self. Like, wow, there's you know, I have this skill and that skill. And I know this person, I love this person, but they're all, all over the place. It's like, uh, you know, it's like pickup sticks when you throw them on the ground and they're just scattered everywhere. <laughs> and so I think commitment, commitment is like, I'm just going to keep picking these up and like putting them in the same bundle. And there's, I think an experience of wholeness that happens just from that process of continually choosing to lean into one thing. So this is a, it's a much deeper journey for me, but I found that frame to be much more inviting than, you know, anything else I've found so far.
0: Wow. And it's, it's really shocking to hear this because I almost did one of your accountability groups where it was, you know, like picking a goal and sticking to it. And it was so structured yeah, that I got, I got so, I got way too uncomfortable. You know, I'm working on that on myself that I'm just way more comfortable in my feminine energy and being all over the place and I, you know, it's, it's been really hard for me to stick to routines. And so I got so confronted mm. that I didn't even, I didn't even commit to it. I was like, I'm already so confronted. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, that's, I think that's really important to what you just named around like being in your feminine energy. Cause I, because there is this association with commitment as being a very masculine or young thing. Um, and I ultimately think having their the real integration or balance between more Yin and Yang energies is actually the only way for any like container to be sustainable. At the end of the day, you can do super Yang stuff, but I th- I really believe this, just from my experience and seeing other people, that all self development comes back to an integration of the two, uh, a healthy balance of the two. Like I very much so uh, self as being more in my Yang, and I have a very developed like in or feminine as well and so i think it's just finding the right balance of being able to lean into both and use and wield both skillfully when you need to right so for you maybe leaning in could have helped because developing more of that you know being able to hold yourself with some like clear boundaries i love the metaphor of like the masculine just is the river banks and that allows the river of the feminine flow but if you don't have riverbanks, then just water just goes everywhere, you know, and we all need to have some balance of that in ourselves. Uh, otherwise, it becomes very challenging to, I think, live life in a way that's fulfilling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I could see that, you know, I I mean, I'm definitely getting into adding more structures to my life because it is painful also to just be all over the place like you're mentioning before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned has made a really big difference for you was committing to the process versus committing to the outcome.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: How, How did that realization come to be in your life?
1: There's actually a bunch of research on this in terms of goal setting as well. There are a few things. One, if you focus on, well, high level here, right? If you're going for a goal, if you want to create a certain outcome in your life, the two routes, most people are familiar with a results-oriented approach. So I want to run a marathon by December twenty-first, right? And then I'm going to create a plan and train and set everything up and work back reaching the goal and you know be really consistent and show up that way. Versus you know you setting up a you can set up that system, but focusing on the process. So focusing on the training and actually sticking to it. And work. Better for something like a creative project. You're like, I want to write a book. Great. So I'm going to focus on writing for two hours every day in the morning, and that's my focus. I'm not focusing on the outcome. And there are a few things that that does in my own experience, and that I've seen for other people as well. Just doing these goal sprints. One, there's a more of a focus on your experience, which is really important because if if you want to, you know, be a millionaire, and you've heard the story a million times, like. You're a millionaire on the mansion, but you still feel empty inside, right? (laughs) It's because you're not Mm -hmm. feeling what's happening and you're not connected to the process. And so, what having a process goal does is it helps you stay attuned to and just enjoy the process of what you're doing, which creates a sense of fulfillment. And you can see, you can measure progress more as like, cool, I got 500 words a day. Or what's it actually like for me to write this book? What does it feel like? Does it actually feel good? Uh, And there's, I think sometimes there can, I've seen this happen and I've done it too. There can be a bit of a disconnection from yourself and what's happening when you go for a results oriented goal, because you're so in your head or like in your ego about it versus actually being in the experience of it. And again, that integration of both, like here's a clear goal, but I want to feel what it's actually like to do it. You know, <laughs> we want to feel what it's like mm-hmm. to be alive. and. um it's, it can be easy to, to miss that part when we're just going to hit the target.
0: Right. Yeah, all the juiciness of life, even just those, like the uncomfortable moments. Of right. Like, oh, I just tried this and it didn't feel good. I just dyed my hair blue and that wasn't my color.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what, what did that look like? What did that look like in relationships for you? You know, realizing that, you, that focusing on the, uh, the end goal of the relationship or the outcome was getting in the way of you being intimate and, you know, really leaning in?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I'll share this just I think with my current partner, there's, there's there's structure to the relationship, like we have a weekly check in call, where we actually like rate how we're doing. It's, great and kind of hilarious but we have a graph we can like Wait, see yeah. <laughs> you
0: gotta you got tell us more about that yeah
1: this is Please, okay so i
0: because i love yeah
1: okay this. so this is if you're into tracking things which i am i highly recommend this but we yeah we have a weekly check-in call where we you know we check in how we're doing and there's a metaphor i actually got this from working in men's groups but i found it really useful in any sort of relationship when you are in any sort of deep intimate contact with someone, there are the two people, and then there's the third almost body or thing that's created between them. Right. You can't have like you know, that many atoms or you know that level of consciousness like come together so intimately without it creating something new or there's a certain connection you have. Right. It's why you feel differently or have a certain connection with one person is different than another person. But there's a different actual relationship. I think of as having its own life. Uh, and you can attune to that. So that's part of the process. I you call it the relationship fire and we rate how it's doing on a scale of zero to a hundred <laughs> and then check in on what it needs and what it wants for us. And that's a really powerful practice. The, it feels like the right amount of structure. You know, there's that kind of stay in clear communication and staying consistent there's also then we do any clearing so if there's anything that feels incomplete or are there are any triggers that are unresolved or if there's any part of the relationship that feels murky or messy that hasn't been handled then there's a just a safe space to do that once a week obviously like to handle things before then but there's that i, I think that's a supremely useful tool so there's that day-to-day kind of weekly structure and then there's also just the larger like, where is this headed? Like, where is this going? And I think that is organic, um, but it also I think at the beginning needs to be I kind don't of have to make it artificially. It's like, okay, when are we having the relationship conversation or like, are we dating now or what like what's the next milestone? This is actually I think really interesting because there's the weekly dynamic of a relationship, but also what are the actual milestones of a relationship. And those can be really organic. Like there's say someone shared something really vulnerable, or I'll give you an example to like one of us being sick and the other person taking care of them is like a pretty vulnerable experience. And there's a certain milestone of like, well, I'm gonna let this person actually just take care. (laughs) And that's scary too. It's like, Oh shit! You're seeing me at my worst, Uh, you know, or like
0: like you're seeing me. You're snot snot everywhere. I'm
1: like you know, or (laughs) or you know, I got really, I got really triggered a couple weeks ago and was just totally in my shit. And it was like, wow, I don't want you to see me this way because I want you to think I'm a tough guy. But I fucking need help. And like, here's my messy bits too. And that so there are like certain kind of organic relationship milestones that I think are more like on the intimacy front. And then there are the bigger ones of like, okay, you know, where are we at? Are we going to be living together at some point? Like, what's, are we doing a project together? Are we taking a trip? Like, what are the more tangible, like actual physical in the world things, not just the internal world, the external world things that we're doing? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. You know, I, I just really love how there's so much intention around it. And I'd love your opinion on something. You know, I feel uh, you know, on the on the on women's side, in a you know in a relationship between a woman and a man, the complaint that mostly comes from a woman's side is is that the man doesn't want to talk about those things about like you know where is this going and and what are we? Hmm. Can you talk? Can you speak on that from a man's perspective?
1: Sure. Um, I'll share from my own experience. Not wanting to talk about that for me was. I was scared like in the past in relationships where I've been that way, there's this fear that I was going to lose my freedom somehow that I wouldn't feel free to just be who I am or do what I want to do. And that still crops up from time to time. And there's, that's my experience of it. When I hear other guys dealing with a similar thing, uh, there's just not, again, there's not a commitment. (laughs) Like there's not like, I'm going to keep leaning in here. And yeah, I, I think there's, if you're going to be holding the more young, like masculine pole in a relationship, if you really want that, you have to hold the vision. It doesn't work any other way. So if you want to be in a relationship and get all the goodies, <laughs> it, like you got it one, you're, you're going to feel like I felt this in a relationship, but I felt really impotent and like not as clear, not powerful, not actually clear with my own life. If I wasn't holding that in a relationship as well. Um, in the same way that if you're going to set a clear goal with your business or you want to earn a certain amount of money, you want to gain a certain amount of muscle or whatever in your life, you get you get to do the same thing in a relationship. And if you're scared of doing that, then that's just a deeper conversation around like being a man, in my opinion, and really holding that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, relationships are, you know, two way street and you play team and you tango, but I think leading, like the way it works in my current partnership is like, I'll, you know and this is generalization because she totally brings things to the table and has a very strong masculine as well. Like I'll pitch something. I'll be like, Hey babe, let's do this. <laughs> and like, here's where it's going. And then she'll be like, Oh, uh, like either just makes it way, 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 way better. Like I'll, you know, I'll be like, Oh, here's this thing. And then she just like turns it into something fucking amazing. Or like, we'll be like, "Ah, oh, it just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel good, and then we can pivot accordingly. But just that energy of like, here's here's where things are going. Like, even the weekly check in, for example, is like, let's do a weekly check in. Here, here's this thing, and then like, she came up with all the the like some of the extra questions around like, let's do clearings, let's make sure that's that in there. You know, just like made it way better, and that consistently happens. So I think it creates an opportunity for more teamwork. And just to circle back to the original question around like not wanting to talk about where things are headed. Like, I don't know if you're a guy, like really check in. If you don't want to have that conversation, like, do you want to be in that relationship? Honestly, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> uh, you know, what are yeah. you, what are you doing? What are you getting out of the relationship? And then two, again, I found a lot more freedom in commitment, like in leaning in. There's, there's more freedom to actually, uh, express what's true for me versus hide it. Um, And I think when you're scared of losing your freedom, there's a lot of hiding that goes on that I've done in the past, for sure. Mm. And so it's, it's it's kind of the catch-22 of, like, the more you commit, the more free you actually feel to just play all out, right? It's kind of like, hey, you know, what game are we playing? And you're like, oh, maybe it's tetherball, maybe it's soccer, but, like, let's talk about it later. And then we keep playing the game, but it's like, no, if we <laughs> both fucking know we're playing soccer... Then we can play all out, and then you can. I can play as hard as I can because I know the rules and I know the general structure of the game. And I think that's with anything. That's with relationship. You can build a business however you want. Here's the rules. Like, here's now I can play all out. There's a clear structure. We can do that, and so it creates a lot more like playfulness, uh, more you know. I've, I've found so much more joy in being committed than in being scared. I don't know. Like, that's just how it, that's how it lands to me. Yeah.
0: That is a powerful line. And yeah, you know, thank you for speaking on that because I really do think, you know, you can be a woman, you can be a man, you can be any gender and and have that resistance to having that conversation. But I wanted to speak on that because I work with a lot of women who villainize men for doing that. Mm. And it's so important to actually hear the voice behind that, you know, like the fears and the thoughts and the, the association with committing and and losing that that freedom, yeah. Right. It's like the more we make these things a conversation, the the less judgment we have, and the the less we see each other as the villain, right? And and us being the victim.
1: Yes, totally. Yeah, and I think I can't speak uh, perfectly to this, but I know that when I felt like I haven't been really clear, and then my partner, whoever I was with at the time. Was like, what the fuck? <laughs> or bringing that kind of doubting energy. I doubted myself even more versus feeling the trust of my partner being like, feel like, Hey, like you're clear. What is it? You know, and trusting that and evoking that, right? We can evoke both ways. Like I can, mm. I can be more in my feminine and evoke more masculine from the, my partner currently and vice versa. Um, and that works in the bedroom and just in other areas of the life of life as well. Um, so I think there's, you know, feeling that doubt doesn't feel good. And then, but, but it's, you know, it's a clear signal. It's like, Hey, step up, buddy,
0: (laughs) you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And like, it, it is just what I'm hearing a lot from, from the, from all of these men doing the work, you know, just sort of realizing where they're hiding like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm hearing you speak a lot about the playfulness in a relationship and Julian who who you know who's the one who told me to have you on this podcast talked a, a, a lot about that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh and you know we've we've spoken about how to him committing felt like being in a serious relationship where like there was no room for playfulness. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you if it was like that for you and and what playfulness means to you.
1: Wow. That's a profound question. What does playfulness mean? <laughs> well, I'll I'll share about the commitment thing. I think there's just varying stages of development we go through as human beings. Right. So being scared of committing to something, the fear I had, you know, in a relationship, in business, whatever was like I'm gonna be trapped in this forever is what it feels like. Like I'm never gonna be able to get out. Agreed. And that's the scariest thing. And that's such a bullshit story, but I think it also makes sense because we're constantly bombarded with this like this person is the one narrative from a very young age. So, you know, then it's like dumb and I think about this is the one like or that I'm there we're never going to be able to leave or whatever and like no wonder divorce rates are so high. It's so funny. But so it's it, it's like a really intense experience and I think there's, you know, I think I've been blessed to have worked with a lot of really powerful mentors and teachers who have helped me get over that and see commitment more as it is it is a game that you can play, choose to play. Um, it doesn't mean forever. It means, you know, whatever you want to create it to be. It's like, I'm committing for six months. Like, I'm all in on that. Or I'm committing just day to day and I'm leaning in every day, whatever. But you can create the, you know, it's a little bit of like gamifying your life. But as long as there's a clear agreement field between whoever is playing you can play whatever game you want. And I think that's the fun thing about life. And speaking of playfulness, it's a fun thing about life that I think is often missed is that, man, we can just do whatever the fuck we want. Ultimately, <laughs> we're in these like meat suits. We have these like minds and we can do so much more that we think about, like we think is possible just because there are very clear structures in society. I'm not shitting on society. I just like, there are very clear structures with like, Here's the games you can play versus, wow, what if, you know, for example, with the relationship now, and how do we actually want to do this? Like, what do we really want to create? What do we want this to feel like? Um, and from the very beginning, you know, at least in this one, we got really clear on what our values were, really clear on what we wanted, really clear on what kind of our downsides were. And then from there, you can start getting a sandbox and creating whatever you want in terms of structure. Like, that's how a weekly check-in kind of evolved out of that. Um, So I think what playfulness means to me is like two things come up. One is um playfulness feels like just the spirit of being alive to me of anything is possible in this moment. There are certain physical limitations, but more of this sense of, there's a bit of a childlike wonder and it playfulness feels so intuitive to me. There's no thinking. There's just this, like, you know, the thing, the joke comes up and you say it or the physical movement happens and you say it. And there's this very like almost flow state experience of play that, that for me at least. And I think it's one of the most life giving experiences of being human that's what fills my cup up a lot i'm also just for context my top two values are play and transformation so <laughs> this is like playfulness is really important um for me it's like one of the one of the most life-giving experiences and that's anything like uh, even speaking of julian i was just on a call with him earlier today and we spent the first 10 minutes totally bullshitting like we were picking up things in our room and like shaking them around and making jokes and like calling each other names and it was literally if you looked in on that you calling me like, Are these guys on drugs? Like <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> and no, we're
0: I think of that <laughs> most of the times that I see your content that you make together or photos that you take together.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, we're just dicking around and it's the best. Um and I may actually that is one like a key element of any work that I do is like the first five minutes are dicking around. Um, and if Mm. that's not in there, I think that's where structure can become really stifling and rigid and like not useful. Right. There's a, there's a point at which structure things can become overcomplicated and overstructured. And there's just a fear of like control fear. I've definitely done that before. It doesn't feel good. (laughs) And there isn't enough space for that kind of creativity, you know, and that those things to emerge. And that's where so many good ideas and projects and uh, new ways of thinking and new connections and new things just emerge from that playfulness. So it's almost like, it feels like, yeah, this feeling of being alive and just this well of like life wanting to express itself through our bodies. And playfulness just feels like a way to turn that faucet on and let it fly.
0: Wow. Yeah. You know, hearing you speak, it just makes me think about how a lot of people in their relationship, their goal is to have the perfect relationship or make it work. As opposed to this is a space for us to, like you said, just feel alive. Yeah. Be spontaneous, be playful.
1: Right. So here's, this is interesting. This is the first time I've tried this in a relationship, but here, um, part of the, fear of talking about where it's going is i think also not being real about that so something i did in this this partnership that was new and that felt really edgy but feels really true is just naming up front hey look you know neither of us want a family right now and the chances are that like if you just look at the math <laughs> the chances are this will evolve I uh, you will want to go do something else or be with someone else. Or I want to go do something else or be with someone else. Um, and that's just the truth. Like, given where we are in our lives, and that's like a very hard thing to talk about right up front. But it's true. It's like, yeah. look, we're probably yeah. not going to end up being together. <laughs> yeah, we're probably not. Yeah. And like, I and mean, you can say that in a loving way. Um, but what that created was a conversation around like, okay, cool. So that's the truth. And now, how do we want to be with that, or how do we want to play with that? And then what what came out of that conversation? Um, and she said this: she was just like, "Let's celebrate all the evolutions that this is going to take, make, and actually stay like looking for those, right? So rather than having the perfect relationship, now the new game is like, where's the evolution happening, both for you and for me, and then for us." And that's a whole other way to do the thing, right? So it's like, this is going to change. We're going to change, you know, this might last six months or this might last two years or this might last the rest of our lives or who knows, but like, let's actually be in the conversation and exploration of what is changing. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> What's that like? Like where, who are you becoming now? And that's actually a funny joke. Like, I, I, you know, she's also very transformation oriented and I'll just be like, so who are you today? <laughs> and it's like, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. So that's an important conversation that to have. So cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And again, committing to the process and not the outcome. Right. Because, you know, and we, we talked about this last time. It's, it's like, you know, all these relationships are just instruments for our self growth. So we, we tend to make the relationship, the goal and, and, and like the, the society's, um, like you said, milestones, right? Like, are we going to get married? Are we going to have kids as opposed to where, you know, how am I growing through my interactions with you? What am I learning from you? What am I learning about myself? Mm. I don't know if I shared this with you, but the last relationship I was in, we were playing, we're not really strangers. And, and there was a card, um, what can we create together? Mm. And what we created was to learn about ourselves through each other Mm. because we're all, we're all mirrors of each other and we're all going to trigger each other and we're all going to experience ourselves differently because we're hanging out with someone new. Right. So, so that's what I'm hearing and what you're talking about. Like you're just, you know, you're, you're growing together as individuals and you're very clear about, um, not it, it not going in that society's milestone path kind of way,
1: oh, we get to choose our own milestones. you know, there are certain ones or like we had right. this conversation recently it was like, oh yeah, you know, do we eventually want to live together? you know that is a that is a clear milestone right um, but then other ones are way more cool, like like, let's go to this show, and this will be like that, and then there are artificial ones like, oh, we've been together for six months. What do you want to do there right? Um, And there are other projects. I don't want to. So I don't want to cool. real too much about the relationship right now. But it's like it. There, there yeah, are yeah. things that you just create cool. together, Uh, and there are things that you can artificially create. Like we're going to do a six month celebration. Here's another really good one that actually we just created. So, so you know how you get a performance review, and if you work at a company, yeah, we're going to do a performance review for the relationship, a 360 for everyone around it uh, at six months of like great. Where do you see this? what do you see here? Like, what are the blind spots? You know, and just, again, being really real about what's happening versus I think it's was easy for me in the past to you create a little bubble with someone and then you play in that bubble and then that's it versus, you know, getting clear feedback on how it's actually working because, you know, you have blind spots as an individual and then for sure you have blind spots collectively, you know, as a relationship.
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, if there's definitely if there's something that's super standing out to me is how much approval you have for your own self-expression and for really speaking the truth and really sharing with this person, hey, this is what I want. This is how I feel. What what were the fears there before? Because I'm guessing that you've done a lot of work on, you know, having full permission for this self-expression because it's like, wow, incredible what were the, what, what used to be the fears in the way of expressing yourself authentically in relationships?
1: Hmm. Well, first off, thank you for sharing that.
0: Um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, wow. I don't really like, yeah, I don't really blown speak away. That way. So now I'm
1: like, okay, thank you. I'm just
0: wow. really like, yeah. Just the ignorant. way that you speak it. It's just with so much permission.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, there's definitely been a lot of work and also a lot of work on her part, her life to get to a place where there's full permission on both sides. It's like, yeah, what's true and that's what's important. I'll be really frank, I've just fucked up a lot of relationships. <laughs> I've burned enough to the ground where and I've just made enough mistakes. I got to a point last spring um where I was like, I never want to show up this way in the relationship again. I had just it was fear of it's basically just people pleasing like, I wouldn't express myself because I was afraid of the setting person. Classic like nice guy syndrome. If you haven't read No More Mr. Nice mm-hmm. Guy, please <laughs> go read that. If you're a man. <laughs> Julian's
0: episode is literally called Recovering Mr. Yes.
1: Nice Guy. Yes. Yeah. It's... Uh, I listened to that like Four times on audiobook in one month last summer. It was just like, get in my veins. <laughs> it's good. Wow. Um, but that was a lot of it. It was just being a nice guy and like afraid of upsetting. And, and it also, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think, I think back, I was raised, you know, I was raised really, my mother raised me like deeply. And then I had mostly female teachers. And so there was a lot of just like, I'm relating to the feminine all the time energy. Um, and then I had friends and coaches, et cetera, at sports teams, but there is a lot of like, I don't want to upset, I don't want to upset my primary caregiver because then I'm not safe. And so that's just a deep pattern that I think a lot of guys in my generation have, um, a lot of nice guy syndrome. And I, I just showed up in such a like cowardly way in my last relationship where I was, it, it was embarrassing. It was, like. The way that I showed up of not being clear, right, and it was really painful. Like I saw how much it hurt her, and to see the impact of that. At first, I was like, "Get over it, come on!" But then I also really get now we have such a deep impact on each other. Beings. And when I'm not clear, it creates so much more carnage and like collateral damage than when I just am. Um And I finally got it, and so I was like, "I never want to," I never want to be this way again in relationship period hard stop and committed to that and lean into it and then immediately on my instagram feed i saw like a john wineland video about doing a feminine cleanse <laughs> which is a
0: Ooh, what's which that? is a
1: practice this is like a it's like a men's work practice i'm happy to share about it um where you take a specific amount of time you set a container for yourself so i did six months and you, you can again set up any container any way you want but for me it was No flirting with women at all. No dating, no hooking up, sex, uh, no fantasizing, no porn, no like full disconnect from any way in which I might be like trying to get something from men or like any way that I would be engaging in other than just like total clean, like, you know, even friends I kind of would pulled away from I had one Friend that's a woman that I would hang out with a bit, but it was more intentionally to help cultivate more of the practice I was doing. So I did that. I set up a council where I had met with them once a month. They gave me feedback on this like nice guy, people pleasing thing, and then I just spent a shit ton of time in nature. <laughs> so I went hiking a lot and really got to. Uh, I was working with a therapist What I really got was like a connection with the capital S Big She, like nature, the Earth, Mother Earth versus being so obsessed with like little she's. I don't mean that in like a derogatory way, but of like individual human beings. Like, individual,
0: yeah, individuals. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, and and that was really powerful and profound because I, for the first time in my life, had the experience of being fully, I think fully unconditionally like supported and loved, it, just by nature. Like I would go and be outside and I would come back and I would feel better in my body and in my nervous system than ever. Like I've, trust me, I've tried all the breath work and all the yogas and all the like workout things and all the diets and tried to biohack my, my way into feeling good. But nothing for me has ever felt as like nothing has filled the cup as much as literally just going and being outside. Uh, and wow.
0: so what did that look like in, in terms of the changes you were seeing in your life?
1: Well, I, I let, a few things... Uh, I just let a few things die. Like I ended up transitioning the business that I had started. I was way less attached to what people thought about me. And I developed a lot stronger boundaries around what I wanted. So there were a lot of really cool parties and things that people invited me to there. I was just like, no, I don't want to go do that. Partially just because I had taken away all the hooks or reasons I would do that. Like, I, I used to live in New York City, and right when I started this process, I remember walking down the street, I just committed to this container, and walking down the street and noticing how every single woman that I would walk by, I was flirting with. <laughs> like, eyes, even just an energetic, it was just like, I was like had arms reaching out constantly to, like, do that. And it was fucking exhausting. It was exhausting. And I was doing that my right. whole life. And I didn't even know it was so unconscious. It's such a blind spot. So until I really pulled those, when I really pulled those like hooks back and was just fully in me, everything just started to shift in my life. Um, and I became a lot more clear on what I wanted. And I mean, that's primarily why I'm working with youth now because I got clear that like, that's what I'm here to do. And I'm not gonna play other, you know, not gonna play out another narrative at this point. I wanna do that. And that's what's true for me. But a lot, I didn't realize how often I would go and do things because I was just trying to get things from women. I was trying to feel better. I was trying to get a little bit of like a, little bit of like a dopamine bump or just feel better about myself, whatever. And it's really subtle, but it was a constant, like, I don't know if manipulation is the right word, but it was almost like this using energy. Like, oh yeah. And what allowed me to do is now I think, you know, I still can feel that like women are fucking gorgeous, beautiful, like, Oh my God, I have so much reverence for women. I think after this process too, because of how life giving y'all are. And I mean that technically and also just energetically, emotionally, but I can feel the, um, I just feel really like enlivened and picked up almost, but without it being something where I like need to like, Continue where I need to like take something from, you know, a woman Mm. where I need to like be in relationship with them or have them approve of me or whatever. It's now I can just feel like I can actually honor the beings that you are in more of a totality and experience that without needing to grasp. Um, and so I think that's the deepest impact it's had. And that has allowed then for much more true self expression because I can stand separate from those unconscious hooks that I was doing before. And now I can just like all right, here's what I want, or here's what's true for me, or, you know, I like, wow. I want to do this, you know, so, and I'm not saying that the fear isn't there, the fear is still there, for sure, that is deep wiring, and that's not going away anytime soon, but the more and more that muscle gets built of like, well, oh, here's what I want, the easier it becomes, it's true with everything, mm-hmm. um, so that was a very long answer to a very short question, <laughs> and no, here we are. Was
0: beautiful. <laughs> I was just I was just, like, literally picturing you walking down the street in New York and just, like, looking oh, at was, the
1: women. Oh, it was just mayhem. <laughs> it was total mayhem. Wow. Yeah. And New York is, you know, New York is wow. New York. City. Yeah. Wild.
0: Yeah. How did this whole process change your relationship with control in relationships?
1: Uh, not much. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely has had impact. Tell me
0: more. For some reason, I intuitively the word control came up and I'm like, I haven't spoken about this. I should ask him about Um, control in relationships. Such
1: a control freak. (laughs) I've gotten a lot better at just letting go. Um, Again, like I've messed up a lot of, not messed up, but I've just tried and experimented a lot. I think what's different now is I used to use structure to try and keep myself safe. So I'll give you an example. Like I had one relationship with a girl where it was like, Okay. We're only going to see each other every two weeks on Saturday from four to nine PM. And we're not going to talk in between them. And we're just going to show up and we're going to, you know, going to check in, talk, massage. And then there will be some sexual thing that will happen. And that's it. And that's Mm -hmm. our process. And that's a really cool container. If you use it in the right way, because I think it can be really healing to have a, a clear arrangement like that. But I was doing it from a place of like, I don't want to become too emotionally involved or engaged here. And I just want to like get kind of the great experience of this without actually having to deal with all the messy stuff that happens when you have sex with someone. And so it was just like an immature use of structure. And I think what shifted is that um, I'm more willing to not have structure in relationship or let it go and also use it in service of, the actual growth of each individual and the relationship itself. So I try to like protect myself and control. But again, what I saw in the, the you know, the last relationship is that just creates way more damage and hurt down the road. So commitment, leaning in, not protecting necessarily creates yeah. more openness and play and playfulness and exploration and discovery. And yeah. Also creates like difficult moments and messiness. And you're either going to face those now or you're going to face them when they've been bottled up and shaken and they're spraying all over the place, you know, months down the road. So I think it's just a learning process of like protecting yourself is impossible. (laughs) And more like (laughs) it literally is impossible. (laughs) It is, especially in relationship. Like there's no way you're going to be in actual intimacy with someone and uh, not experience pain and if that's the lens that you have for a relationship i just deeply believe that will be unfulfilling and there will be a lot of hiding going on and so it's more way how can i actually experience all the things that happen all the contractions and pain and hurt and all this stuff and still stay open and still lean in right and that's the hard stuff <laughs> that's that's it's easy talking about it right now, but ultimately that's what's challenging. And that's
0: right. The real, that's the, the game. That's the, game. Yeah, like that's
1: that's that's the actual game. game. game right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right.
0: No, it's, it's so beautifully said that is the game. And, and that's why the playfulness is so important because it is a game. And we, we try so hard to do it right, you know, and to avoid doing it wrong and fucking up, but it is all part of the game, right? Embracing the mess. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, talking about like perspective and changing these ways of looking at things like commitment and choosing. And, and I remember you, you mentioned this quote by to- Tony Morrison.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you
0: remember the quote you mentioned is like about falling in love or.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is, oh, this is such a po- profound. Perceptual shift for me. Just it reading it. Like, Don't ever
0: think I fell for you or over right. you.
1: Yeah. That's exactly it. Don't ever think I fell for you. Don't ever think I fell over you or fell for you. I didn't fall in love. I rose in it. And again, it's so simple, but that changes the entire way you might approach something. It's like, oh, I'm going to fall in love. I think that's what people are scared of, like commitment and losing themselves in it. Or I want to rise in love. It is is a completely different way of doing love.
0: Yeah, because then even even in seeing that the hurt is inevitable and the, you know, heartbreak is inevitable. You're still rising. It's still unlearning the things they need to unlearn, letting go of the baggage I need to let go of and continuing to grow on yeah. this human experience. And I
1: think that's useful for any, I mean, a, you know, right. in relationship it's falling in love. So it's such a clear, you know, fall versus rise, but, also for commitment, there's like this leaning in and like, great right, leaning in for what, like to rise or what are you leaning in for? Like, where is that going? And so also just having a, there's something really powerful about just having even embodied directionality with something, right? Am I moving, leaning in, like you can feel that in your body, right? Versus like commitment, I'm saying still, you said it's the beginning. Like, am I am I rising in love? Like, am I opening? Am I, you know, going higher? because that will also require some groundedness. <laughs> you can't just be petals and, and leaves. There's also needs to be roots if you want to rise. And also, yeah. or am I like falling? And like, I mean, even I say that, I'm like, my shoulder's kind of slump. I'm like, oh, I'm falling. So wow, just noticing right. the way the body responds to those things too. Body keeps the score. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I, I'm just, I'm feeling it now. And And when you say falling in love, it entails... Until something like there's something at the bottom or I'm going to hit something at the bottom and, and eventually going to have to get up. You know? And it's like, when is that, when is that going to happen?
1: Right. And that's the thing is like, that's actually what happens. That's that's because that's the narrative. That's actually what happens for people. Right. You fall and then you get your heart broken and you hit the bottom. And you got to like, get back up and climb up again. And you don't want that to happen again. So you're not going to do a relationship again. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you do, you're going to play it more safe and like hide more of yourself or protect more because you don't want to fall again. Right.
0: Because that's going to help you. Yep.
1: Because. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think it's really interesting. I'm I'm all, I'm so exploring this right now. Like I don't have the answers or like, this is the way to do it, but I just am finding this to be really useful. Mm. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to ask you as a we'll wrap up. Sure. You, know, you said you're you're working this on yourself, and now you want to help youth. What is it that you're committed to and excited to um, help with the most when it comes to everything we talked about today?
1: What am I? Com- what am I most excited about committing to?
0: Yeah, and and helping others with you know with this with becoming self-expressed or or how they show up in relationships. Hmm. What's turning you on right now?
1: That is a very different conversation. <laughs> 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 um, well, maybe, we maybe totally just go. in your. No, I know, I know what you're. I know. Okay, yeah, of, maybe you know, just in your personal
0: you're... life. You know, what is it that you're you're committed to continue to explore when it comes yeah. to this?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think what I'm most committed to is helping people, um, like. Slow down and actually unravel. This is what it feels like, or curves like to me. Is actually just unravel all of the stories and things that are coiled around them that are not actually their genius or truly who they are. And then, how, like staying tuned to actually being that in life um, and doing it and expressing it, right? Like. Actually, singing their song, their note. We're all so wildly different that we just get like put in these like you know you get put in these little boxes and go through life, whatever. And that's what I'm super committed to. That's what I'm always going to be leaning into. Is is that actually true? Is that actually you? Mm. And how do we grow that more? How do we bring that more you know to the world? Because ultimately, like I think that's all life is. You know. You have a you have a gift. You're here to express and explore and become something. And if you're doing that, like you did your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your 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 soul's mission, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think it's that much more complex than that. Mm.
0: You would you, you, yeah. You have a really great <laughs> way of of making it very simple. I I think this is the most relaxed I've ever been in one of these. Because, oh, cool! Yeah, you. Um, I can feel the permission you have for yourself. It's contagious. So mm. I'm excited for, for you to continue to to spread this and, and give others that permission.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I really am. It's really landing the way you say that because I don't see myself that way, mm. as like self-expressed. Mm-hmm. more of like oh <laughs> and so just hearing you say that i'm like oh wow great yeah that is no that's actually really true and i want to see that more and speaking of i'll have i'll have you on my podcast soon speaking Yay! of self-expression oh and my god
0: i love being a podcast i'm a leo like we're both leos and
1: yeah i just you know i
0: love having the attention on me so yeah that's yeah well I actually last podcast.
1: last Last note, healthy yes. healthy Leo, like star energy is actually about this is just from my own learnings, like it's actually about shining a light on other people. Ah. like being in the spotlight and also so exactly what you're doing right now.
0: Wow um,
1: so you're you're doing perfect job. awesome. For what the stars thought you should be doing.
0: <laughs> anyway, how can my listeners get in touch with you and work with you?
1: Uh Instagram at kev herman kev underscore herman and that'll give you a sense for what i'm up to and then from there there's a link tree to websites and articles and all that stuff and just dm me
0: perfect thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of commitment phobe If this episode left an impact on you, please share with friends, family, loved ones, ex-lovers, the people in your life who you think would benefit from listening to these conversations. If you're curious about the kind of work that I do as an intuitive coach, head on over to my website, www.taniamelgram.com, where you can learn more about what I do with my one-on-one coaching clients, group coaching programs, and you can set up a discovery call with me to see how I can be of support to you. You could also follow me on instagram on my handle at tonight melgram i'm always posting content about what i'm up to and new insights new learnings that i'm getting along my journey and please head over to itunes and leave a five-star review if you like what you heard so together we can start changing the conversation we're having about intimacy and commitments thanks again for tuning in and i'll see you next week